Welcome back to Draft Vice. Oh my God, we've got a guest back on. We got a yeah. guy here to talk to. It's not just me talking to you. Welcome back, Harry Vaness. Thank you, Walter. I have a mustache now. Yes, and all the children are afraid of you still. That's the way it was meant to be. All right, and we are shooting under the moonlight, apparently. That's what this this video is kind of looking like right now. Uh, we're back in the void, though. We're still in the void. I found a way to get the void transferred to get allow other people into the void again. Um, because the void has no corona here. That's just a fact. So we are back at Draft Vice. We are, uh, it's, uh, uh, the reason why we're, we're pushing hard now is because it seems official. It looks like there's going to be football. Yay. Maybe. <laughs> okay, it looks like the NFL and the NFL PA have come to an agreement on, uh, on the season. Um, 2021 cap is going to be a minimum of uh, $175 million. Uh, they have opt-outs. They have high-risk opt-outs. They have, and then they have the other opt-out option, uh, where you get a stipend if you opt out. Uh, and if you, and as far as the players go, playing into the season, if the season gets stopped for any particular reason, say I don't know, everybody's getting sick and they just can't do it anymore. Well, then they're going to go ahead and you only get paid for the games you played. But that money gets saved and guaranteed for the following year. And then if you are a free agent going into the year. It goes into a pool of money that the NFL is going to work out later on. So, yeah, looks like we may or may not have football, but we're a little bit closer to having football, right? Training camp's happening, starting on schedule. Um, Harry, how have you been, by the way? We should probably see how Harry's been because it's he I've, looks like he's been molesting children, even though I don't know, like, there's no schools anymore. So <laughs> they're all hiding but, in but, Zoom but, school. Because of coronavirus, I can't come within 506 feet of a school now. <sighs> but, uh, I've been good. Uh, I've been just, you know, eating frozen lasagna and watching Family Feud reruns. And now we are we are prepping for the football. We it's, are. It's, uh, we haven't seen him since the draft, everybody. It's been that long. Yeah. You're, when you had to Skype in through your phone, now we get him in real life. Yeah. Actually, it's not really real life. He's actually a hologram. See, I can go. No, I'm not going to go through his head. Uh, that would be horrible, and I have to mm. cut this and get rid of the body. Exactly. So, but, yes, we're – and. Back last time you saw me, I had a creepy pube beard. Now I have a slightly less creepy mustache. So we're going to talk today about uh, a couple of divisions, right? We're going to talk first. We're going to start out NFC North, right? Right. Green Bay Packers, <laughs> Chicago Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Minnesota Vikings, new man on the Minnesota Vikings, and the Lions. And by golly, I don't even know who, like, this is an interesting division, right? It's, yeah. It seems very up in the air. I know a lot of people think the Packers are going to be on the downtrend this year because they did so well, 13-3 and three last and year. And we don't know where Aaron Rodgers' morale is going to be after the whole uh, Jordan Love situation. But here's the thing. Who's competing with them? Like, the Vikings had such a big over like turnover in staff and players. Like, ridiculous amount. You could argue the Bears do. Like, I know Trubisky had a down year last year, but they have a little insurance with Nick Foles, and plus they're still stacked on defense. They got they got Fitch Knowles, Mitch Trubisky, Fuliski. Some some guy who won the Super Bowl is playing. Fitch Trubisky, everybody. Fruisky. Uh, anyway, yeah, so they got Nick Foles and, and Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. We'll talk. Let's talk about them. We'll go over the Bears because the Bears have a weird situation, right? Um, they got two quarterbacks. Neither particularly high-level starter. Um, we've seen both of them be, have success in the NFL a little bit, but not extensively, like not over long periods of time. You know, Nick Foles has had a couple of good seasons like, under his belt. Like Nick Foles, when he gets hot, he is hot. 
yeah, you know, he made it to the Super Bowl. He played really well in that playoff run and that run into the Super Bowl. Uh, played well the next year, also next playoff. Next playoff well, yeah, run. when they made it to the playoffs. Run. The problem was, so that's that's the thing though. That's why a lot of people are not always high on Nick Foles because at the start of the year, remember he started that year, that following year for Carson Wentz, who was still injured, who was still injured, and he did not play well in that the first few games. In fact, they kind of had to rush Carson Wentz back to make sure their season wasn't lost because of Nick Foles. Yeah. And he did, and he lost his job to to uh, Gardner Minshew last year too. So Minshew also has an amazing mustache. He's like my he's my hero. He's yeah. my mustache brother. There is a Minshew Hall of Fame actually outside. Um, I, I feel like everybody on this podcast stands Gardner Minshew. Totally fine. Yeah. I 100% support the Gardner Minshew fandom. Uh, but still, that does not mean that like Nick Foles is a great quarterback. I think he is. He is replacement level starter. You can get something out of him. Uh, he had that really good season with uh, like a tier above Case Keenum. Is I guess that's a best. I way would to say play. they're in the same tier because I, I think my because I've said this before. I could totally see Case Keenum getting the Nick Foles treatment in uh, in uh, Cleveland because I could totally see going into the future like Baker Mayfield goes down in the playoffs, Case Keenum comes in, gets them to the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl, they build a statue of Case Keenum. Luckily, it doesn't matter if it's Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum, it's a relatively short statue. <laughs> not short, but relatively short. Like cuz it's like it's not like a what's it called? Who's the big one that won the the one for Baltimore? The guy who's Lamar like Lamar Jackson. No, he didn't win anything yet. No, that's true. The guy Flacco. who uh Flacco. 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 Yeah. Wacko Flacco, he uh, his statue is going to be relatively tall, whereas Case Keenum and Baker, same height, both six six one. Anyway, uh, instead of roasting the the Cleveland quarterbacks, let's get back to the roasting the Chicago Bears quarterbacks. I I actually get where you're saying though with the Bears, right? They mm -hmm. do have a shot of maybe winning this surprisingly because if you look at what their defense has, right? If they can return that They've defense, got, they got Khalil Mack, who's arguably a top five defensive player. You got Roquan Smith, who keeps getting better every year. Robert Quinn, mm -hmm, Robert defensive Quinn. end, formerly of the the Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, and like six other teams. Eddie Jackson, a top five safety, who's Highest paid safety in the NFL yeah. uh, until Jamal Adams will get traded and, and be signed somewhere and, else. And when uh, L.A. decides to extend Derwin James also. he's Yes. Well, he's not the highest yet. He's, gonna, no, no, he's, he's, just, he's just the best. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Chicago's got a lot of in intricate, interesting pieces. Um, I think corners maybe one of their bigger weaknesses on defense. But, again, that defense – the, the big question is, can Pagano get that defense to, to be what it was, right? It's going to probably be a lot more man coverage than it was under um, Vic Fangio, which we kind of saw last year. Like, it it was a weird defense, right? It was, But it did it played well in the beginning it of did. the year. Like, it won them games. They beat Minnesota badly. Like, they just beat up on Minnesota because Minnesota's offensive line couldn't handle the defense. So, they have pass rush, right? They got, oh, uh, what was his name? Uh, Akeem Hicks, too. Yeah. They got him. They got, a, they got a sexy D line. I like the D line. Linebacking core is not bad. Safeties are good. Uh, they got the uh, is ha ha still there. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Haas. No, Haas not there anymore. Sure. Damn it, who's out there? We got to look that back up. Yeah. But again, like their safety core is really good. Eddie Jackson's there. Uh, I I think the defense is good. Offense is what's kind of the question mark, right? Like Al Robinson's a good receiver, but dude, their receiving core's really cool. Yeah, they got a. I like the receiving core. Anthony core. Miller's underrated. He's, yeah, I think he's, he's been I think injured he's, the last couple of years. He'd I probably think be a better his... third option than second option, but still not bad. They got. A I thought he was going to take a step forward last year. Again, I think it's injury, yeah. right? They got Tariq Cohen, the yeah. the joystick. Uh, what's his name? Two point oh. Tariq Cohen. No, uh, it's like a Jordan Howard two point oh. 
good at catching passes. Jordan Howard was not good at catching passes. <laughs> he was he was basically Leonard Fournette discounted. Um, I think you're thinking of uh, I, who I'm thinking of is the, the little guy, the really little guy who used to be on uh, the Saints and on the Eagles. But, uh, fucking what is like uh, Sproles? Sproles, there we go. Sproles 2.0. That's, that's what, what I was thinking. thinking. Eagles running back. So like uh, that's uh, right. Uh, you know what? He got me there. He at least had the right team. So yeah. he he did better with that. Um, yeah, so yeah, you have Terry Cohen, great like kind of passing game weapon. They, that's why they kind of got rid of Taylor Gabriel. They didn't need two two tiny catch, pass catchers. They have David Montgomery, who they drafted last year. He couldn't really get any kind of roadway though. Like he, the problem was is that their offensive line is very bleh. yeah, and it's still very bleh. like they didn't. This is my problem, right? Off season wise, did they get better? They lost yeah. Leonard Floyd. He now he's now on. I think actually the Rams. I think he basically got rid of Leonard Floyd and they got Robert Quinn. So pass rush is going to be fun. I like that. I like the D line here. I think a lot of people are going to be investing in that defense again this year uh, in fantasy. By the way, we got to do a fantasy episode soon on this podcast. Yes. I've been I've been wasting my time. I've been I've been biding time, everybody. I've been waiting to do fantasy episodes mainly because I was not sure there was going to be a football season. There still might not be. I think a lot of people are going to be taking mulligans this year. So, uh, like, fantasy is going to be a crazy roller coaster. I can't wait to get into that stuff. We will be getting into it soon. Um, back on to the, the Chicago Bears, right? They got Allen Robinson, right? Uh, tight end. They have 30 tight ends. Yeah, they, they, draft, drafted, they draft another one this year. They draft Cole Komet. They have Adam Shaheen. They have uh, they, they signed, what's his name, they, the antique. They still have a Trey Burton. They, no, they caught him. He's okay. now on the, the Colts. But you were, you're on the right track, though. No, uh, the one who used to be uh, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, they, they have antique Jimmy Graham. They got him on a yard sale, very good discount. Uh, except except they're not paying him at a discount rate. They're paying him like actually kind of like you would be paying a starter. So that's not helpful. Um, Adam Shaheen, Cole Komet. They yeah yeah tight ends. They just went tight end crazy. I think they have like twenty two tight ends. Yeah. They can play a full game of just tight end. So uh, tight end football. So they actually released like their thirteenth string tight end like two weeks ago because they were running out of space, which makes sense because you would run out of space with thirteen tight ends. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be running that that three thousand personnel thing. Um, so, but their offensive line, they lost a guy uh, to I think Allen retired. So they lost uh, uh, Kyle Long retired. Oh, it was Kyle Long. Yeah, it wasn't Allen. I, I I get Long and Allen always confused. Those two names. I don't know why. Uh, too bad there's not an Allen Long out there. Sure, huh. there is, but just not in the NFL. Not in the NFL. There'll be one eventually, probably if there's not if there wasn't one already. But yeah, you're right. So Kyle Long retired. That. Dude, like I was saying before, their offensive line was already a big red mark on that, like a big red flag for that team, uh, beyond just the quarterback. But so Chicago, you're right; they could absolutely be the one that gives everybody a headache. Um, we'll, we'll touch back with them. Let's go ahead. Let's go to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Right? They lose. They they get rid of Linval Joseph. They get rid of you know Everson Griffin. Uh, they they voided. He opts out of his contract there. He might come back still. Yeah. But you know well, you're looking well, at the well, con- there might be a cap crunch next year and yeah. they were kind of already up against the cap going into this year. Yeah, they get, they still have to pay Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that's been a big one. And I like Dalvin Cook, man. I think he he's one of those guys that makes the he's one of the few running backs I think has he's got a unique value set. Right, they're coming up on paying him, uh, but he's been injury prone. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Like, do you pay the guy who's an, been an injured running back who had one good year and then a couple of like see Todd Gurley. <laughs> there you go. Just like footnote in this this conversation, go see what happened to Todd Gurley. Um, yeah, you don't want to overpay for your your running back. That's kind of the the problem, right? Uh, 
Also, Vikings offensive lines always kind of. I don't know what it is. Every year, it feels like we're talking about the Vikings offensive line being kind of meh, yeah. being kind of disgusting. Um, it's like Seattle, but Seattle actually might have a good offensive line coming soon. I don't know. They also got to remember they lost Stephon Diggs also. they Yeah, they trade away Stephon Diggs. They decided to draft Justin Jefferson. So they have basically two Adam Thielens on their roster. Uh, Cornerback-wise, they got rid of Xavier Rhodes. They lost uh, Trey Waynes. Uh, they also lost – oh, there was another one. Oh, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, their slot corner. So they lost three corners, right? right. Um, they have an exodus at corner. They go ahead – they have Holton Hill on the roster. They got uh, uh, who's the other one they had? Mike something. Don't want to say Mike Edwards. That's not correct. Uh, we'll get back to Mike. We'll get back to the cornerbacks on that. But they also drafted a couple of cornerbacks in the draft this year. Uh, if you want to look, by the way, I did a review of their draft, so you don't have to worry about me going back over their draft. Right? This isn't about their draft. This is about where we see them going into 2020, and. I think it's going to be, and I even mentioned this in that episode, it's going to be a lot of trying to warm up everything, right? A lot of young guys that are coming in to replace bad contracts or old contracts, old veterans that are gone now. And then you also have guys like Brian O'Neill, who's going to be playing right tackle, uh, left tackle or right tackle for him. Um, they drafted uh, Ezra Cleveland in the second round. So, you know, again, another guy who might be a Brian O'Neill kind of style player. Uh, they got Kubiak. The famous Gary Kubiak going to be a coach for them. I think if they succeed, I think it's because of Kubiak. Because they're keeping the same system. They're keeping the same kind of level of play calling. Stefanski's now with the Browns, but they still have the... They still are keeping the same scheme, the same mindset. They they still have Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. I like both those guys. Good tight ends. They still have uh, Kirk Cousins. So they are going to be a tough one to beat. I just don't see them being like what they were the last few years, right? Like last year they were kind of, they were struggling a little bit here and there. I think it's going to be the same problem. I think they're going to be struggling this year. And then next year you'll see them kind of take a step forward again. This might be a year where they missed the playoffs, where last year they made it to the playoffs. Um, You want to talk about the Packers? Because we're talking about... Uh, Let's talk about the Packers. I'm, so I'm, they draft Jordan Love. I know everybody's kind of expecting them to take the step back. But like when you look at the other three teams in their division, like... I don't believe in Matt Patricia anymore. No. I don't think I should have ever. I I did. I, I did believe, but not really I did so too. much anymore. I did, too. I actually have a Matt, uh, Matt Patricia jersey. Even though he never played, I just have a jersey of his. Just It's his face, kind of like with cake on it, because that's what I picture it's, him always got in his hand, is no, cake and a pencil. It's like when Matt Patricia was on the Patriots, he looked like that one parent at every high school football game that got way too into it. Yeah, like, I, but I also it was weird because everybody who I heard talk about him before when he was with the Patriots loved him. Everybody who's who I've heard come out of Detroit has hated Matt Patricia. So actually, before we get into the Packers, let's talk about the Lions because we're already onto that yeah. topic, right? We keep on saying we're going to talk about the Packers and we bounce to the other teams because actually I think it's fair because like if you're going to take out the guys on top, you need to show that you are going to do something better than the guys on top. I just don't think that's an existing thing right now. You know, you look at it, Matt Patricia. A lot of turnover on his staff. There was a lot of actually critique about his coaching at the Senior Bowl, that they didn't get to see much out of the the players because of how he was coaching at the Senior Bowl. Um, like I said before, the turnover on the staff is usually a big red flag. Then, you know, offensive line-wise, they have more turnover on their offensive line. They get rid of Rick Wagner, who maybe didn't play as well like last year. Now he's on the Packers, so that's another kind of boost to them. 
Uh, you know, they draft DeAndre Swift. They draft you Jeff know, Okuda. They draft draft Okuda. They get rid of uh, the guy who they traded. Darius Slay. Darius Slay. They traded him to the Eagles. It's been a weird cycle with them, and it doesn't feel like they've gotten better. It feels like they just swapped, and that's not good. No. It never. It should never feel like you were just chain like swapping guys. Like we like you traded, and then all yeah they signed Trufant. I like Trufant. It, it shouldn't look like you were just playing a like a little carousel game with us. And now they have two running backs who can catch out of the backfield who are decent runners who also are both injury prone. Mm-hmm. With DeAndre Swift and Carryon Johnson, I I like Kenny Galladay. I love him. I think he's a great player, good deep threat kind of guy, big, strong, fast. Uh, Danny Amendola is Marvin still there. Jones. Marvin Jones is there. Marvin Jones, I do like kind of basketball player-y kind of player. I just, I am not excited about their no. team. I And I, they could totally play really well next year because not for nothing, Matt Stafford was playing well before he got injured. Yeah. So they can come and bounce back. But like the stuff that I worry about with that team, it's like their, their defense was the problem last year. It wasn't the offense. It was the defense was in charge of that matt patricia did they get better i don't universally say that they kind of got better I, I like what they have at corner but you know jeff akut is a rookie right with no rookie minicamp like no rookie camp at all basically uh and on the other side you have desmond trufant who took a step back and that's why you were able to get him for the deal you got him for i don't know i detroit it looks like i, I would not be shocked if matt patricia loses his job right let's talk about team we keep on intending to talk about Packers Packers right you got Aaron Rodgers late stage Aaron Rodgers you got Devontae Adams um Jair Alexander on defense yes you got Jair you got uh you got the Smith brothers Preston and Zedarius on defense you got uh Kenny Clark I listen I think that I, I like their defense um I don't think they improved but that's the problem my one issue with they, the Packers I don't feel like they improved anywhere no they didn't they in the draft, they went after what Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, guys who are basically replacing guys you already have on the roster who you have under contract right now. Um, the other issue I have with them is like the guys who they did sign in free agency were guys who were replacing guys who left. Right, uh, Blake Martinez left. What did they do? They signed uh, Kirk uh, Christian Kirksey, formerly of the Browns. Uh, they lose Brian Bulaga. He goes to the Chargers. What do they do? They get Rick Wagner, formerly of the Detroit Lions. That's not a one-for-one trade-off, though. Like you are, yes, you might benefit down the line because you, what you'll end up doing is getting to save some money. Um, you also might be able to get the compensatory picks for those guys you lost. But right now, I didn't see them improve at all. No. Like, oh, Devin Funches, that was the one guy who they signed, right? Former, former Carolina Panther, former hey, he was a Colt no- for a little bit. He was the number one receiver for an MVP, so there's that. You mean Ted Ginn was? It was Ted Ginn who's the number one receiver for for Cam Newton. We got to talk about that pretty, too. Yeah, I, I, we haven't. We will touch on the AFC East on another episode. Um, so yeah, I I don't see them being worse, but you could always see like a setback. The problem is, I think the NFC North in, entirely had its own level of setback. The entire NFC North, except maybe the Lions, which is weird to say. Like, they're the only ones who maybe got a little bit better. Maybe. But also... They're the Lions. They're the Lions. I wouldn't be shocked if the Lions were, like, one of the top two teams in this division or the last team in this division. Uh, 
Vikings, I still see them playing hard this year. I don't like they just extended Mike Zimmer. I don't think they're losing out this year. I think they're going to be competitive. I just don't think they're going to be Super Bowl ready, right? And then Chicago can go either way. Chicago could be the team that you go, wow, Chicago's been really good this year because their defense is freaking amazing. And Nick Foles has been playing really well for a guy who's just got to be a game manager. Or they're ready to barbecue Trubisky by the end of the year. They might barbecue both of them. Like at that point, because they're paying Nick Foles and they have Mitch Trubisky, they might be done with both those guys. Like at least Trubisky has a little bit more athleticism, so Mm -hmm. you could utilize his legs a little bit. You know, I think that was one of the questions last year is why they weren't using him that way. And I think part of the problem was... He was uh, he was not he was not at full strength. I think he had some injury question marks. So I think there were better guys you could have got than Foles. That I think would have been schematically better. But so that's why I still think the Packers are going to be the top of this division. I I think the Packers. I think they'll be like I think they're going to be a wild card team. But I think I I, I could see Chicago repeating what they did a couple of years ago and just running their defense and winning the division. I see that. I see that. So, who do you think is going to be last in this division? Lions. Lions. It's... And three is Vikings. Yep. That's. I okay. So we'll go in order. I have Packers. I just have Packers. <laughs> no, I have Packers, Vikings, Chicago. No. Packers, Vikings, Lions, Chicago. Ooh. I got the Bears, Packers, Vikings, Lions. Dang. All right, so AFC North, right? We got the Steelers. Mm-hmm. We got the Ravens. Yep. You got my Browns. And you got the Bengals. The Bungles. Yep, the, 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 the team that is run by a, a ham sandwich. Um, let's, Who do you want to break down first? You want to break down the Ravens? I feel like they were on the top of this division. What did they gain? What did they lose? Do we think they're going to be on top again? What would be the thing that would make us think that they're not going to be on top? Yeah. Well, they did. They did have a really good draft this year. Let's start over there. They got, they got J.K. Dobbins. Who they got? Yes, they got him who, in the second who round. Could compliment, uh, who could compliment Mark Ingram, who did get injured last year. So, he, Mark Ingram's old. Mark Ingram was injured a lot early in his career. I, I would not be shocked. You know, when we get into the fantasy football, he might be the guy who I might be targeting, as far as like, because there's a lot of rookie running backs this year, that are going to be interesting. But the yeah. problem is, none of them went to the best situation, right? Mm-hmm. So we will talk well, about well, that. Edwards Hilaire, he went to a pretty good situation. He did. He went to a great situation. We will talk about that on another maybe episode. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a different thing. Uh, so, yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, they also drafted a couple of linebackers. They, yes, they were able to sign Calais. Well, they were able to get Calais Campbell. They did. They traded for Calais Campbell. I think the defense is looking up, right? Defensively. I don't think – they didn't lose anything in particular that I thought – they didn't lose anybody who I thought was, like, a major key player to their defense. They have Marlon Humphreys. They got to keep Jimmy Smith. They have Earl Thomas. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters they extended. Um, So, defensively, I like – you know, they kept Matt Judon, who I think was actually – that might be the only mistake I thought is because I didn't think Matt Judon was all that great. Uh, They did trade for Calais Campbell. You were right. So defensively, I like what they did, right? And then they go ahead and they look at the only issue they really had on defense was linebackers, so they drafted two linebackers, right? Uh, Patrick Queen in the first round, and then they went for uh, the Ohio State guy, Jefferson, in the, the, the third round. So they And they had a lot of picks this year, too. So I like what they did on defense. I like what they have on defense. I think it's going to be a tough defense to beat. I don't think Patrick Queen was the best piece that you could have gotten there. I think they probably even should have maybe stacked up more at corner or maybe look for a replacement at safety eventually. 
because they got rid of Tony Jefferson. That's yeah. like the one guy who I do remember them cutting. Uh, and Earl Thomas is getting up there. He's yeah. So I, I think, think safety might be the thing I would have maybe tried targeting. A, you know, it's and plus you know you don't know what's gonna happen with him because like his wife pulled pulled a gun on him and stuff. I don't think that's going to be an issue. Who who gets in trouble for their wife pulling a gun on them after going to an orgy, right? Exactly. That's all been there. An orgy who, with your brother. Yeah, that was the weird part. I was on a podcast not too long ago. We were talking about that, and I'm like, the weird part was keeping it in the family, man. I think that's the thing we all got to talk about here. I don't know about the wife pulling the gun on him. I think that's understandable. I don't hold that against him. But bringing your brother to an orgy? Who does that? I wouldn't even bring my cousin to an orgy. Like, I wouldn't bring anybody I'm related to. An or- I barely would bring any of my friends to an orgy. I don't like being friends with you if you see my penis. It's just like a weird thing. Like I, I, Or, like, just it's a different set of friends. I don't want the same group of friends hanging out with each other. Like, the friends who have seen my penis, they're in one group of friends. The friends who have not seen... Why are we talking about my penis? Let's move beyond this. All right. Um, anyway, we were, uh, we were talking about what was the Ravens, like the Baltimore Ravens. Offensively, though, right? I think I, basically it all falls on Lamar Jackson, yes. right? It doesn't matter if it's Mark Ingram. It doesn't matter if it's J.K. Dobbins. It's all going to fall on Lamar Jackson if he could take another step forward, if teams are going to start figuring him out. Yes. That's the big red flag. That's the question mark here. They did lose a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. And Marshall Yanda. Uh, Marshall Yanda, yep. So they lose him. That's a, That was a big piece of their offense, yeah. right? Uh, they did try to draft a couple of guys to maybe help replace him. Uh, you know, the, the tackles are really good there. Uh, Skura is going to maybe be the uh, the center there. They kind of have a weird situation at center. Um, but offensively, like, it all comes down to Lamar Jackson. Can he can he take another step forward as a, as a passer? Our uh, team's going to start cheating with him a bit and just make sure he's not running with the ball, try to make him throw it, um, and then try to just stop whatever, whoever's running at them. It, it really does come down. Offensively, it comes down to Lamar Jackson. If they can't get the ball going with Lamar Jackson, which he showed really well last year. Yeah. They, they did have some help. Like, there was just a lot of other teams that just kind of kept fucking up. Mm-hmm. So they, they went – they did really well, but there's teams that can kind of get away with beating them. You saw with Tennessee. Tennessee Titans beat them pretty well. Yeah. Shockingly. Um, but then again, they beat – they were pretty good with everybody except the, the Chiefs. Chiefs. So – and actually, didn't they beat the Chiefs earlier that season, too? So it was such a weird year. It was. Such a weird year. We are going to get – I can't wait to get to the AFC South just because that team is such a weird team. Um, So, yeah, Baltimore Ravens, it all comes down – it's really not like – they weapon-wise, yeah, Marquise there's, Brown there's, is interesting. Mark Andrews is a good tight end. Yes, they got rid of Hayden Hurst. They kept Mark Andrews. Um, Willie Sneed's still there, I believe. I think he he's like 122 years old. He might not be that old, actually. He might. Just, I just might feel like he's always been in the NFL. Um, so weapon wise, they're okay. Uh, I I still think it's gonna be basically can they get the best out of their offensive line? Um, if the guys that they drafted or the guys who they have in house can replace those guys. And again, like they, they still had issues with getting pass rush last year. I think they're hoping Clayus Campbell is going to be a piece of that that helps them get at the quarterback. I think that is a big piece. They did lose. Uh, I can't remember who else they lost on that. Um, defensively, they seem relatively really well put together. Offensively, comes down to teams figure out Lamar Jackson yeah. if Lamar Jackson's able to adapt. Let's move on, right? So we know we know how they're winning. We know how they're losing. We know how they're going to stay on top. 
There's three teams in that division who want to take them out, right? Steelers, I think that's a good team to talk about right yeah. now, right? You got Big Ben coming back after Tommy John surgery. He's almost 40. He's almost 40. He's, he's old. Um, you know what's funny, though? We've never really seen a quarterback come back from Tommy John surgery in the NFL. I'm kind of intrigued because this might be like – like you notice how like some like some they, baseball they, players come they, back with yeah, Tommy John they, and they end up playing better sometimes? Yeah, but that the guy used a knuckleball, though. Like, you yeah. You really have that in football. Then, uh, wait, isn't that what uh, Carson is like? Uh, Carson Palmer's injury was? Isn't like with the Bengals early in his career? Wasn't then he get Tommy John? Ooh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I don't remember that one. Uh, he's been injured quite a few times. Yeah. So but I think that first big one he had after that, like after that one season, was really good. Like in like '05 or something. I think it was Tommy John. I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost positive. So yeah, you have you have that whole situation. You have if Big Ben's coming back, how good is he gonna be? Uh, is there going to be any lingering effects? Is he going to have the same arm strength that he had before? Is he going to be able to take the hits? You know, is his cardio still going to be up after not playing for a year? And yeah, even like when when baseball players come back from Tommy John, doesn't it usually take a while? Yeah, it's, yeah it usually takes like a year to come back. I think. Yeah, so like, I mean, it's coming it's coming up to a year at this point, but still, I mean, you're still talking about he's coming off of a, a really rough injury. The team itself has lost a lot of pieces, right? Offensive line coach Munch, Mike Munchak is no longer there, right? You have more guys kind of exodusing that team. Like, there's kind of like, um, I mean, they still have, like, the core offensive line guys. They still have DeCastro, who I thought was, I thought there was rumors he was going to retire also, but apparently that's not true. Um, they still have uh, Pouncey, but Pouncey hasn't been that great lately. He's been solid. He's not been amazing. Um, they got Villanueva and Feeler, see where they both land. So offensive line-wise, they're okay. I think they're going to still take, like, it It all comes down to Big Ben. Receiving core, I like the, I, I'm so intrigued by this receiving core, right? First off, they're, they're probably, there's this whole thing with Juju Smith-Schuster, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that, that's perplexing to me, right? They may not extend Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, they might be priced out on him eventually. He's, well, he's, Juju, he's a good, he's a good receiver, but he's better as a number two guy. Well, the qu the problem is we didn't get to see him be the number one, <clears throat> yeah. because his uh his guys hey, wh wh who was throwing to him Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, true. So I don't know what they're going to be able to do with that team. Like it's I I I don't know what they're going to do with his contract, right? Um, Juju might win do so well this year he prices himself out of being a Steeler. They might franchise tag him next year if they really want to keep him. And then if he's not good enough next year, well, then they might be able to keep him. Like, it really depends on what happens with this team. If this team is really good, maybe they extend him. If they are mediocre, what's the point of extending a receiver if you also need a quarterback and you're kind of in a weird situation with your quarterback? Yeah. So, yeah, Juju's a, an interesting one. They draft Chase Claypool. They have Deontay Johnson, who I liked what I saw last year. Deontay Johnson kind of reminds me a little bit of Antonio Brown, like with the, the route running. Um, guy out of Toledo. They also have uh, James Washington, who I still don't think is really going to be like a great player. I think he's solid, but he's he's a solid receiver. Um, they they signed Eric Ebron. Good piece, solid piece. Nothing amazing. Yeah. Running back core is interesting, right? They got Benny James Snell, Connor. James Conner, but James Conner was injured so much last year, and. I don't know what to do with them. Like I, 
you know, I look at like fantasy wise, and like that's another guy who just go, like, what's going to go on with this player? Um, Eno Benjamin, I was actually kind of not, no, Anthony McFarland was the guy who they drafted out of Maryland. I like him. I actually think if there's a guy who on the Steelers who I'm going to draft in fantasy, it's it's McFarland because he's just got a different type. He's a different style of runner. Very fast, very quick, small guy. Maybe won't be 20 carries or whatever, but will be solid. Um, so offensively, it's kind of like the Ravens were. It all relied on Lamar Jackson. It all relies on Big Ben. It all relies on Big Ben. If Big Ben's not back, it's going to be the same bullshit as last year. I can't see Big Ben staying healthy this year. If he gets beat up, if he, you know, if, if he's just not healthy enough to throw the ball accurately, and then they don't have a guy on the roster who you really got to go like, oh, that's a great player, right? Um, and there's not somebody in free agency who they can go up and grab either. So you got that issue. And then you have uh, defensively, they lost their nose tackle, who's now on the Eagles. They... Pass rush wise, they you know they tag Dupree. They still have Watt, who's been very good for them. Linebacker Devin Bush, for a guy who they trade up to draft, has not been super amazing. Might be a year or two, you know. It might be he, he takes a second year step forward. Their corners are okay; they're not amazing. Safety Minka Fitzpatrick, who they traded their first round pick for, it's top three safety. So that was good for them, but like safety's not everything. Uh, yep. So, overall, can they? Do you see them busting into being the number one in this division? No, absolutely not. No, I, not. I, I, I could see them. I could see them getting the, get maybe getting second if the Browns aren't good. But I, I think this is Baltimore's division this year. So, is there a scenario that you believe exists where they could? Pittsburgh, no. Nah, I, I could see because like I like what Tomlin did. Like not for nothing. After last year, I give Tomlin a lot of credit. He's maybe one of my top five to had, ten had head to, coaches. Had to deal is like, it was like he, he had kept to, them competitive. Mm-hmm. Had to uh, is like had to deal with, uh, you know, Big Ben and uh, Antonio Brown his entire career. Yeah, he's very good at managing personalities. He's very good at like, hey, I'm going to pull you in. We're going to work on this. Uh, like halftime adjustments, he was really good with last year. He got that team to play and compete. Uh I think if Big Ben is back, which is a big if, and comes back to full health, like that's kind of the question. They could be compet- They could be very competitive. But also, there's a lot of guys on that team. It's like I, I do think if if Big Ben is back, and full strength, I think that Juju takes that step forward too. Um, I think people were overrating Juju last year going into the year. I think now they're underrating him. My biggest issue with this team is I don't think the defense is as good as it played last year. Yeah. I think they relied a lot on a lot of pieces just gelling really well. They could easily kind of fall apart going into this year. And with what they have left on, like, you know, Chase Claypool was a nice pickup, but they didn't, like, they didn't get anything in this year that I felt was like, like in the draft that I felt like really added to their team. So, yeah, Steelers, I'm not really, I'm not excited. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm not excited, right? It's either Big Ben or you're fucked. Yeah. Um. All right, Bengals or Browns? Who do we talk about? Um. Uh, we'll we'll do Bengals now. We'll save your Browns for last. All right. Fine. I gotta wait. Gotta wait. So, Bengals, right? Joe Burrow, first pick of this draft. Best quarterback this year. They got AJ Green on the franchise tag. He signed it. They got uh, they got Joe Mixon still. 
Um, offensive line-wise, they didn't really address offensive line in the draft or even free agency, I don't think. Um, defensively, they did go actually like sign a few guys on defense, who I am actually kind of impressed with, right? So they went ahead and they, they went after Trey Waynes, formerly of the, the Vikings, which we mentioned earlier. Um, DJ Reader, formerly of the Texans, they got a now defensive tackle, which basically replacing the guy who they lost in free agency anyway. They, uh, overall, I think it's, like, the Bengals, I'm just not a fan of, what's his name? Of Zach Taylor. Yeah. He is, he's Captain Ham Sandwich. He is, he is literally a jar of mayonnaise that's congealed. And, unfortunately, I don't think he is a good head coach. Um, I like Joe Burrow. I think he fits the scheme, so he can do, like, kind of a lot of what Jared Goff does. In fact, I honestly think he might just be be a better Jared Goff. Yeah. He does, he's a more athletic Jared Goff. That might be my my uh, my current NFL comp for him is more athletic Jared Goff. Um, the receiving weapons there are weird, right? John Ross they didn't they didn't do his fifth year option, but they still have him on the team. They got uh, Boyd, who I like him. I like him as a slot receiver. He kind of reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup slash Robert Woods. Like he's got that kind of mix to him. So I think he's going to be usable. I think he's going to be a big one in fantasy this year. A.J. Green's coming back. Hopefully you actually get to see him play. I love Joe Mixon. I love me and Joe Mixon. I draft Joe Mixon almost every year uh, in fantasy. He, I just don't know. Like, offensive line-wise, they did not get better on the offensive line. There's been a lot of uh, infighting on that team as far as coaching goes from what I've heard. Uh, and then, again, you're, you're coached by a ham sandwich, so what are you going to do? And, again, rookie – Quarterbacks just never usually do well their first year. Even if they do well, it's usually relative. Yeah, it's not usually you were not like, getting like, like Lamar Jackson was relatively good his first year, but nowhere near as good as he was last year. Even Baker Mayfield was yeah. like uh, Baker Mayfield's first year was probably better than his second year, and and, and you know maybe outside of Cam Newton, which Andrew you're Luck, not yeah Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck. Andrew Luck and Cam Newton are the guys who you might think of like that. Well, Russ had a good like like remember 2012. Yeah, it was it was, it was like kind of. It was a weird year because you had like three really good rookie QBs that year. Yeah, that's a rarity. That's not the that's not the norm. So you have a guy coming in. Also, again, COVID offseason has not been exactly kind to a lot of these guys trying to adapt to this these teams. So I I don't know. I, I still think the Bengals are last in this division. Yeah. I think that it's I honestly don't see Zach Taylor keeping his job. I might be wrong. Even if they are last in this division, he might keep his job. Um, defensively, they have a lot of cool things, a lot of cool pieces, you know, I'm not, like, Jesse Bates I like, I like their pass rushers, Carl Lawson's really cool if he could stay healthy, um, they also got the other guy, Sam Hubbard, uh, not forget Geno Atkins and Dunlap, those guys are great, defensively, like, their defense, I feel like, should be better, right, and I think that's why they went after Reader, Good defensive tackle, kind of helped block the run. They really went after linebacker in the draft. They think they drafted like three of them. So I just I, I don't think this is the year for the Bengals. I think it's going to be a year or two down the line. I think it's going to be with a different coach. So Bengals, I think you're last in that division. I'm sorry. I like a lot of the players. Yeah. It's kind of a sexy team. Like it really is. It's kind of a cool team. Good colors, good players. But just I think there's just something missing. I think it's the coaching. So let's get to the Browns. All right. Stefanski. I am a big fan of Stefanski hire. 
I think Baker Mayfield's going to be a good player. I think they actually have a good backup in Case Keenum. Uh, I hope David Njoku stays. I hope they don't trade him. I like him. I like him to go along with Austin, Austin Hooper. Hooper and Harrison Bryant. You get to play a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. Um, now you get to go ahead and really mix and match with your tight ends. They have two great running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They've got some great receivers with Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, and then they also got their backups on that team are Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones, who they drafted, who they drafted like in the sixth round. People were thinking was like a, a top five, you know, like top one hundred kind of player in the draft. Um, you know, offensive line wise, they went out, they signed Jack Conklin, they went ahead, they drafted Jedrick Wills, who's going to hopefully play left tackle for them. Um, so offensive line should be better, right? Their big question mark, right guard. Um, so offensive line wise, I, I think they're better. Yeah, I do want to see, you know, Wyatt Teller's probably going to be playing, playing right guard for him. Uh, if not Wyatt Teller, it might be, uh, Drew Forbes offensive line wise. I think there's a lot there, uh, that at least think that they will be better than they were last year. Right. They're going to be playing a lot of wide zone play action. I think that suits Baker Mayfield really well, uh, suits Nick Chubb very well. Uh, and they're going to probably utilize having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field at the same time. They have a lot of mix-and-match weapons in this team. I think there's a lot they could use here. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is going to have to adjust. He's got to kind of go back to what he was in 2018 and not be 2019, where I think there was a lot of there was a lot of chaos, right? You had a bad head coach. You had a very political GM who liked his guys and his guys only and wanted to get rid of the guys who he did not draft and could not take like credit for. So I I think there was a lot of issues with their team last year. I think Stefanski and Andrew Barry are on the same page. I like that they extended Miles Garrett, right? I was on here last week bragging about Miles Garrett being uh, extended. Well, extending your, fr- your franchise defensive player. What a concept. I know. Oh, we will talk about that. I think we should talk. We should spend an episode on that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I like uh, I like what they did with Miles Garrett. Uh, I hope they keep Njoku. Even the Olivier Vernon thing, right? There was a lot of talk. They're going to get rid of Olivier Vernon, um, and they found a way to restructure his contract to keep him on, to make him less of a cap hit, to give him some guarantees going into the year. I thought that was a very smart move on their end. Uh, that way, they get to keep a, a player. You know, it wasn't. You know, they're not. They don't have a fifteen million dollar cap hit. It's going to probably be like a, like a, an eleven to twelve million dollar cap hit for Olivier Vernon, and you're not tied up as much in guarantees. Like there was no guaranteed money left on his contract, but now he has a little bit of peace of mind because he knows he has guarantees going into the season, so he knows he's going to be on the team. And now there's not all this speculation that they're going to get rid of Olivier Vernon, so they can go ahead and get Jadavian Clowney. It kind of rules them out of the Jadavian Clowney race. Um. They signed Andrew Billings, who I like, another D-tackle to go along with Larry Ogunjobi and Shelton Richardson. D-line, man, is, is amazing on this team. Like, I am very impressed with the depth they have on the defensive line. Uh, maybe on the edge they need some more depth, but they even – they got uh, – what's his name? Uh, Adrian Claiborne for a relatively good price. They got him on a two-year deal. Their linebacking core is questionable, but, like, whereas punting on offensive line – has shown historically to be a bad move. Punting on linebacker can actually work for you because if you have a good enough defensive line and good enough corners, linebacker is an okay place to be weak. So I like their team. Uh, oh, yeah, and they drafted Grant Delpit, who I like. 
They ha- they signed Carl Joseph, formerly of the Raiders, who was a former first-round pick, who I really like. Uh, they also have Andrew Sandejo, who, you know, I think he's a carpenter on the side, but he, he still plays safety at, like, 39 years old or 33 years old. So safety room's kind of intriguing. Uh, they still have uh, Sheldrick Webwine, who they drafted last year. I think he's going to be an important piece of that defense. I'm... I think the thing here is coaching, right? If they can get their team up to speed, especially with COVID and everything, and they were they came into this year being very technologically savvy. They had a book of like their plays of like downloadable virtual plays that you could just download and watch for their players. I love what they did going like they they were they adapted to this very well. Like they're one of the the three teams I think that adapted to COVID very well. Um I also like what they did with you know, I, Joe, I'm very intrigued by Joe Woods' defense. He's been all around. He's been on the Vikings. He was on the 49ers. I want to see what he turns that defense into. Is it going to be a lot more man coverage? You know, he hasn't been a defensive coordinator since he was on the Denver Broncos. He was pretty good as a D coordinator on the Denver Broncos, but it's a different personnel grouping. So I'm very intrigued by this team. I think it comes down to coaching. I think it comes down to how quick they can get everybody up to speed. There's a ton of talent. Um, what do you think? I think I just bored you with, like, yeah, everything. everything. I just downloaded the whole Browns roster onto this. I think I definitely think they're getting number two in the division this year. I can hope, yeah. right? I, you know, you can hope. I think the, there there are issues, right? One, you didn't have a full offseason, so you couldn't get everybody up to speed necessarily in time. They did do a lot to try to do, as, do it as well as they can. Jedrick Wills, still a rookie left tackle. First time playing left tackle in his entire career. Yeah. Um, still question marks at right guard. Jack Conklin is coming over from another team. Played a very similar scheme on that other team. So there's a lot to like. If they had a full offseason, I maybe would even be more invested in saying, yes, I think they have a very good shot of being atop of this division. Um, but there has not been the longevity to congeal, right? Yeah. Uh, we've seen this system work very well. If they get to keep Njoku, if Njoku doesn't, you know, bounce or get traded or opt out of this contract to to opt out to not have to play this year like there's a lot of factors that go into this so i i do think i agree with you top two in the divisions very light i think they could actually win the division they showed they could beat the ravens last year they were competitive nick chubb went sicko mode that game they almost beat him the second time too with with dunderhead as the head coach so if that's your if that's your baseline is you can beat the Ravens and destroy them and do very well, there's quite the possibility that you are going into this offseason, you were going into this season as a potential winner of that division. Do I think it's definite? No. Um, if I was going to put money on it, I don't know. I, I They also lost to the Bengals, though. They lost to the team that had the number one overall pick. They were one of the two losses. They were one of the two wins for the Bengals. Jets are the other. Yeah, well, this this podcast seems to have a lot of people on here that are fans of teams that don't win very much or awkwardly lose. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so do the rundown, one through four. Uh, Baltimore wins the division. Cleveland gets number two. Pittsburgh gets number three. Bengals last. All right, I think Bengals is last. I think Steelers is three. I think. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. 
Uh, okay, I'll just say it. I think it's Ravens 2, Browns 1, homer right. time. Let's go for it. All right. So, yeah, we'll see if that works. I don't know. I believe in Stefanski. I believe in Andrew Barry. I believe in Baker Mayfield. Uh, and apparently, you know, that makes things happen, right? So if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And you could follow Harry at... Harry Van Ness. Repeat that one more time. Harry as in the potter, Van as a thing you get kidnapped in, and Ness as in Loch Ness Monster. Harry Van Ness. All right. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Like, follow, subscribe if you want. Uh, I also have a legal podcast and an illegal podcast. This is actually the illegal one. We're doing this in the back of a tanker truck in Mexico. We're doing it, and we're streaming it on the dark web. On the dark web, yes. Actually, this is on Pornhub now, everybody. Take care. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to be